WHCR 90.3 FM, New York. I ain't talking about rich. I'm talking about well, well, well. You are now tuned in to the Ash Cash Show. Your number one source for financial motivation. Get your mind and your money right. Dollar, 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 that's what I need. Well, I need a dollar, 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 that's what I need. Said I need a dollar, 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 that's what I need. And if I share with you my story, would you share your dollar with me? We can talk, but money talk, so talk more. Yeah, yeah, welcome to the Ash Cash Show. Every Sunday, 1 p.m., WHCR 90.3 FM, New York, the voice of Harlem with Ash Cash. And Mr. Seema Jones. Hey. Hey, what's up, it's Joe? <laughs> All right, so so we, we usually start the start the show with the daily word. And we're gonna do the daily word today. Uh, but I, but this is like a special daily word, right? So it's always uh, special. It's Ash. always special, right? <laughs> but this is this is this is actually uh, I'm gonna play a clip. Um okay. and, and I want, you know, maybe we could weigh in. Maybe, you know, if it, my, my listeners that are tuning in, uh let me know your thoughts, 212-650-6903. Uh so a friend of mine. Uh, tagged me on a post on Facebook, and it was uh, like a British guy uh, talking about uh, black power, like, um, you know, how effective we would be um, if we banded together. Um, and I thought it was interesting because it, was, it wasn't it was a black person saying it. It was somebody else saying it. So uh, today is a special uh, daily word about black power. So listen in, uh, you know, call us, let, let, let us know what your thoughts are. Take a phrase that's rarely heard, clip it, now it's a daily word, clip it, now it's a daily word, clip it, now it's a daily word. Black America is potentially the most dangerous group of humans alive today. Dangerous to who? Dangerous to the corporate empire, Illuminati, imperial scum, whatever you want to call them, white supremacists. Why are they dangerous? Well, there's 45 million black Americans. And the reason they're dangerous is because they're quite easily united. It might seem uh, not true because there's so much division within black people in America. But the only reason they're divided is because the corporate empire spends billions of dollars keeping them divided because they are potentially dangerous. What makes them dangerous? Well, 45 million people united in the US would be very dangerous. What kind of things is dangerous? Well, you might think I'm talking about protesting or getting together and rallying and that kind of stuff. Well, no, that's that's not dangerous because the US can handle that stuff. They can imprison an indefinite amount of people. It's That's not the kind of danger I'm talking about. 45 million people united could do some serious damage to the financial market. I mean, if you had 45 million united people that got together and decided they're going to create an alliance and they're going to decide on a daily basis how they spend their money, that would be dangerous. The thing that threatens the corporate empire, Illuminati, whatever you want to call them, the thing that really threatens them is a group that can control their bank account. So really, for me, it's really simple. Black America needs to unite for one reason, to control how black money is spent. That's it. That's it in a nutshell. If black America united 100% and created 
websites, Facebook, whatever, a way where there's a body or a, a board or whatever, and you guys decide how you're going to spend your money on a daily basis, it's a game changer. It means that you control the scum that is oppressing you. They will not be able to handle that. It's a big thing. Um, I know it's a really hard thing to organise, but you can do it because black America is, is a united people, really. They're a natural race that identifies with each other and supports each other, really. I mean, the divisions are just corporate empire scum investing money into keeping you guys divided, so um, I'd forget about it. Don't even think that you can't do it because you can. And it's that simple. Control how black money is spent and you win the, game. Win the game. So that so that was that was a a, a, a powerful I heard that. I deserve the hand clap. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I, I thought that was very, very uh, you know, timely and I think it was a uh, I thought it was very timely. I tried to do a little clap, I know, I but know. I couldn't do it, you know. Um, but yeah, I thought it was timely. Uh, so talk to us. What, what are we talking about conversations today? Well, it, it's actually similar to what um, the man, you know, was speaking about. You can do it. I, um, I'm in a place in my life where you have to recognize your own greatness and your own value. And when you do that, you recognize that you can literally do anything that you want to do. I think because you know you're worth it. You're worth the um, the accolades that come along with it. I think oftentimes we get stuck in this place where we're looking at everybody else around us. Absolutely. And if someone else around us didn't do it, then we somehow, some way believe that we can't do it either. Um, but... We have to definitely get away from needing the cosign of other people, needing to see it done before we attempt to do it, and simply just do it. Just because we are worth the outcome of it, because we are worth the energy that's put into it, and our dreams um, are valid. Our dreams are valid enough for us to go after them. And another thing I've recognized is that our dream is our dream. Absolutely. So if you're waiting for somebody else to, to say it's okay to do it or, or for someone else to do it themselves, then you're going to be waiting for a very long time because you're literally waiting on yourself. So when you just recognize your worth, recognize your value, respect yourself enough to know that I, it's, I'm worth it. I'm worth it and I can do it and I can accomplish it. I think, you know, the world would definitely change, your world at least, Absolutely. would change when you recognize your, your value and, and go after what it is that you believe in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I echo that a thousand percent. <laughs> um, and then we have some special guests in the building. Yes, we do. Uh, we have, and this is a lot of history in this, in this, uh, in this room here, but we have uh, Brother Beloved and Brother Doran. Uh, in the building. Brother Reality, what am I, am I calling you? Reality? I'm calling you Doran? What am I doing? Yes, we're going with Reality. Reality. Okay. So we got Brother Reality, Brother Beloved in the building. Um, and, and, you know, speaking of, of, of worth, uh, these brothers are doing some some really positive things in the in the community. Um, and, and I think it's important uh, that we we highlight those uh, who, who are doing awesome things uh, in the community. So today's show is about the profit in nonprofit. So uh, there are people uh, who are out here uh, who are, uh, you know, giving up, I'm going to say giving up their lives, but they are, how do you say it? They are... Investing. Uh, yeah, investing <laughs> their lives, dedicating their lives yes, yes. Uh, to, to helping other people. Um, and, and so we want to talk about, you know, that, that trade-off uh, of, of profit in a nonprofit. We want to talk about, you know, what they're doing. Uh, we're going to take a quick music break, but we'll be back with the Ash Cash Show. You are now tuned in to the Ash Cash Show. Your number one source for financial motivation. Get your mind and your money right. So we are back to Ash Cash. 
Jazz Show every Sunday, 1 p.m. WHCR 90.3 FM, New York, the voice of Harlem with Ash Cash and Mish Tashima Jones. Yes. So as we as we stated earlier, we have some some you know some some special guests in the building. Um, you know, these are two brothers that I actually came up with. Uh, from from young, um, and and they're the, the founders of Harlem Next Steps, striving towards engagement and peaceful solutions. Uh, it's an NYC initiative that aims to reduce violent crime and fear, and also build strong neighborhoods and promote community accountability by transforming attitudes and behaviors. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. You know, you know, cyberly. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> What's up, brothers? How y'all doing? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Um, so, 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 all right. So, so, give me a quick uh, intro on who Brother Beloved is and who Brother Reality is. Uh, who, who are you guys? So, I'm Reality, right? And I'm the brother of Beloved. And uh, so, we come from a neighborhood that is, uh, you know, struggling and hurting as we see it today. And uh, you know, as a youngin. You didn't. I wasn't able to identify the hurt and the pain and the, and the trauma that my neighborhood was going through. But as my growing years and going through my growing pains and becoming to know myself better, getting a better understanding of myself, I was able to see now how much contribution I could offer to my community instead of not doing nothing or just allowing things to just happen and not asking questions and just supporting the wrong things. So now I'm better mm-hmm. able to understand what my community need like we need healing Mm -hmm. we need help and we need to address it with some therapy Mm -hmm. and you know being that it's a impoverished neighborhood they won't invest that's kind of money into our neighborhood and i'll say that with an example for the sandy hook in connecticut they had a shooting incident they rearranged the whole school to where it didn't look the same but in my community when you have the little black boys dying you'll have the blood still laying on the ground, mm. and a three-year-old kid come out to play in the park, and mm. he's with his mother, and he's asking his mother, what's that? And the mother explains to him that somebody got shot or killed, and that's blood, and now this trauma is passed on to this three-year-old kid, mm. and it was no cleanup, it wasn't no therapy issue, and now this is passed on to the next generation, and the kid don't want to play there, but the mother not having no out resources, the kid got to continue to play there. So uh. me, I'm a man of passion willing to come back and contribute to my community, give back, and to help cultivate my community by, you know, the teachings of economics, community engagement, community transformation, restorative justice, self-love, self-worth, self-health, responsible behavior, also identifying life conditions, the cards that we dealt, and help people, you know, understand their self-talk and how they feel, the effect of your behaviors, questions, Things like that. Nice, so, nice. This is what I'm here for, and I just want to thank y'all for this opportunity, this great opportunity. Absolutely. And I also wanted to give a big ups to Sister Aisha from the I Am Peace Street Corner Resources for also the impact that she has brought about in the community as well. Absolutely. And I just definitely want to applaud her on that. Absolutely. And that's my piece. Absolutely, absolutely. Brother Beloved, talk to us, talk to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, first, I want to greet the queen. How you doing again? And you greet too. my kings and all that. Yes, sir. Um... One of the things that actually got me out in the street is the part that, you know, I got a good brother, and um, he's willing to follow me anywhere I go. But when I was out there in the street life, it wasn't time for me to see that. Mm -hmm. 
And um, one day uh, I called him from prison and I asked him, like, yo, like, what's going on? What's good out there? And he was like, yo, the people you left me out here with, to watch me, not watching me. Mm. So it let me know um, a little bit from that moment on that reality that hit me is that a lot of people care about delicate things, but they don't care about minds the same way I do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it took time for me to um, get with Sister Aisha, which is Street Corner Resources, who gave me my first platform to be able to speak to the people. And we did a thing called Talking to the Streets. And um, at that moment, it hit me again because I broke up a fight and a young guy actually got into a shooting and um, he almost killed my mother. And um, reality hit. And it hit me hard because it said something right there. It just said, beloved, you got to get to the streets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know they used to call you bad news, but it's going to be some bad news really in your life if you don't do something about it. And a lot of these young brothers and um, the older brothers, they actually look up to me. Mm-hmm. So it just made me have to get out there and become a person that's a real resolution for um, youth. Um, I had to become a person that was a kill violence specialist. I had to become a circle of brothers. And, um, you know, I had to first get my first good job from mm-hmm. I Am Ash Cash, selling <laughs> my right money right. <laughs> so that alone is the reason why I'm really out here, is to show that if we be creative and we use our creative mind and um, we don't wait for people to give us stuff, we could have a lot because the world is actually healing off of what we do positive. Hmm. No, That's good stuff. And it's really refreshing for you to grow up in a situation and to come right back in but with, as a different person with a different mission. I want to know, like, how is that transition? You know, you mentioned um, economics and getting a job. What is that mental transition like coming from, you know, doing things in the street versus in the office? How does that work? Is it the same skill set, just in a different direction? Well, uh, what do you What do you think? I'm gonna say it like this: It's, it's to, to each beholder. Sometimes it's of the person who the person is, but I think sometimes we kind of overlook our people in the streets. Some of them is just great business people. Mm-hmm. Um, they got the business thing locked down, but they're just doing it in the wrong atmosphere, in the wrong environment. Mm-hmm. So. If, a lot of times I always laugh at parents because you'll hear them tell their kids certain things like um, if they do something wrong, which is like being an adult, they'll say something like, you should stay in the child's place. Mm-hmm. Then when they do something real childish, they tell them they need to grow up. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the reality of next steps and the reality of real solution for youth and street corner resource, they give them knowledge and they let them perform their wisdom. A lot of times we give them knowledge. We don't give them a platform to perform their wisdom. Mm. And this is where we actually lose because the reality that hit me was that I was doing all this stuff. I did security for Mace and I did security for Teddy Riley. I did security for Jim Jones. And I'm doing it for people when they wasn't famous, Mm -hmm. when they wasn't these big time people. And the thing that made me laugh is that I could have been making millions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's a thing of when you're a youth, you got to wait. Mm-hmm. Everything is wait till you get older. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this day and time, we can't understand that our youth is not making it to be past teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, we dealt with a situation in Brooklyn where a one-year-old baby got shot. Mm-hmm. So the change from street life to now is really not too much of a difference. The only mm-hmm. thing is different, I think, the people that's playing with us mm-hmm. and the people that actually have the rights to what they can do for our community and what they're not going to do. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Um the part of stopping and not doing the negative uh, was a great part because it was more things that we were supposed to be doing. But like I said, some people give you that enslavement treatment. Mm. They rather enslave you with knowledge than really give you knowledge to mm. let you grasp and grow. Mm-hmm. So that's why I big up um, Sister Aisha so much because she gave me the platform to be able to go on and become 
I want to say I'm like a man child. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not naive to why children do certain things. Mm-hmm. If I know a kid stole something, I don't ask him why he stole it. Mm-hmm. I just ask him, can he put it back? Mm-hmm. The same way he stole it, can you put it back? Because if you ever listen, there is three things that we kind of don't understand about life. And it's real good. Like if a kid still, he could replace it. If a kid beat somebody up, they can one day heal. But when they kill, we know that they'll never, ever be able to fix that because nobody's coming back. So when you come from the life of the streets and you come into the atmosphere now, it's like, man, why haven't I had this all this time? Mm. But please, don't let me lie to you. My man will always say this. My man Jesse, he always say, a 9 to 5 is better than a 5 to 10 any day. Mm. Facts. Good stuff. <laughs> so, 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 brother Reality. So, talk to us about Harlem Next Steps. So, what was the, you know, what was the genesis of of Harlem Next Steps? Like, what, what, you know, what got you guys to 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 make that happen? So, first, I wanted to touch on Queen Tashima and asking about the skills and the difference yep. on the street level of dealing with the, the the youth. Well, these are transferable skills as well as you could use it in the office. Mm-hmm. I would like to call it code switching, coming from the urban and understanding how you need to perform and an office setting, you have to code switch. You know, it's a different dialect, and you got to be versatile. Yep. Mm. So coming into this next steps piece, and as the man I am today, I will quote a piece from Jehovah, Jay-Z, <laughs> and he say, allow me to reintroduce myself. Yep. My name is Reality. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So again, understanding myself better, yep. understanding that, the things I was looking for outside of myself externally existed internally. Mm. Absolutely. So the real meaning of educate, which is to bring out. So now I have to bring out this greatness. Mm. So yep. Next Steps was a platform that allows me to bring out this greatness, my attractiveness to the youth as I go back into my neighborhood and to understand the legacy I left behind, which I wouldn't consider a glorified legacy or a great one that I would like to applaud, mm-hmm. but to see the, the work I have to do to reprogram and give a new image of who I was and yeah. who I am today. Mm-hmm. So who I am today don't look like who I was. Mm. Yeah. So they looking for the old me, and they asking questions about the old me. So next steps is, what's your next steps? After you finish living that and understanding where I was and seeing where I'm at now, so now what's your next step? Right. So we want to help them along from the ages of 16 to 24. Yep. We work with the youth, male or female, and we allow them to, we allow them to come to the grips with identifying change, what it's like. We talk about it. We have great topics. And we also about to institute a piece where we come out into the community because we're under contract for NYCHA, New York City Housing Authority, mm. and we are to go out into St. Nicholas. So we got a next steps in Polo Ground, St. Nicholas, and Wagner. Nice. And nice. we are to go out into these neighborhoods and bring group to them. But right now we are set off in the office, 361 West 125th Street, and we hold group two times a week. We also have a brother program, which is West Harlem Archers, mm-hmm. and this is geared towards people that's on probation. They're mandated by probation to come to Archers by their parole or probation officers. Next steps, we want to get them before they become justice involved, nice. mm-hmm. as well as we want to work with those that's coming home from from prison, jail, or whatever it may be that have mm-hmm. been justice involved. So. We want to strongly encourage re-entry programs. We really want to see a real re-entry program because mm-hmm. you have some that just exist under the notion of, you know, re-entry. It just says it. It's just right. Mm-hmm. The right, right. So they can get the checks, though, right. too. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. You know, it's a business thing. Absolutely. So the titles and 
the people that work for these reentry programs don't really have the compassion. They're not in the neighborhoods. They're not in the community talking to the ones that really need this help. Yep. And we also want to understand about the new contracts that's being signed for the new prisons that's being built. This yep. contract of 90% attendance, 90% of who? Who's going into these prisons that yep. y'all building? Yep. And then we have this impoverished neighborhoods with the dynamic of poor education. Mm-hmm. Like, we could be investing this money into education. Right. Definitely. Right. And it was something, you know, and, and to, to piggyback off of the, the skills um, that it takes, and, and you know, we, we are all sort of living testaments of that because, I you know, I, I definitely think that, uh, you know, we, we have a our mutual brother uh, taught me, uh, you know, a street lesson that I actually took with me to banking. Uh, you know, a quick story. I remember, uh, you know, I was selling CDs one time. Uh, he was like, yo, go, in, you know, go inside and go, you know, go to the barbershop and sell the CDs. I'm like, all right, cool. So I went in the seat. You know, I walked in and then I came back with all the CDs. So he's like, yo. Why, why, you, why you don't have the CD? Why you still got these CDs? I was like, he said he didn't want any. So he's like, all right. So he took the CDs from me, ran inside, um, and he came back with no CDs. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? He's like, yo, Masher. They used to call me Masher. He's like, yo, Masher, make sure you know, do do more telling, less asking. I'm like, telling more, more telling, less asking. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a less, it was a street lesson. It's like, you know, he he went in there. He said, yo, here's ten CDs. I'm telling you, know, here's ten CDs. Here the CDs. Um, and you know, you're gonna sell them for ten dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And then whatever you sell, we're gonna break down down the middle, you know. Um, and I was like, okay. So mm-hmm. I learned that lesson as a youngin. Um, and then you know, when I went into banking, and what made me successful in banking was that I did more telling, less asking. Mm-hmm. Because what I did was, when people came into the bank, they were coming to see me because I had the knowledge, and I would do more telling, less asking. So I say, okay, great. You know, thanks. You want to do open up a checking account? So here's the checking account that you're gonna get. This is how it works. You know, and and it's it's definitely. Um, if you if you focus your energy in the right direction, mm-hmm. you know you you actually get you know get you know you you, you become successful. So even you know you know coming up under uh, bad news, beloved, um, formerly known as bad news, um, he was a leader, right? And 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 you know is a leader actually, right? So he he is a leader, and as bad news, he was able to. Uh, lead people in a direction, you know, a, a gang leader started up a gang. Uh, but then as the transformation of, you know, being beloved, he is also transformed into a, that same leader, though. He's that mm-hmm. same leader, mm-hmm. but now he's leading people a different way. So, beloved, talk, talk to me about um, the the difficulties of that transformation, though, because um, I know for, for, you know, in, in my instance, um, you know, I, you know, I there there are many things that happen in corporate America that I know wouldn't happen in the streets, right? Um, and sometimes it's difficult to uh, people talk to you a kind of way, and you're like, oh, I, I know if you was in the streets, you if we was outside, you wouldn't even talk to me this way. Mm-hmm. But now that now that we in this corporate office and you see the suit on, you talk to me differently. Um, and and so sometimes for me, even it's it's a you know I, I you know I got kicked out of school, I fought a lot, I did some stuff, and so for me knowing that I you know I'm like I can still fight. Like who are you talking to? But you can't bring that energy in corporate America. So you you being bad news, especially how is that transition from bad news to beloved? Well, it's kind of difficult um, in a sense, but um, I think I had a great father who was a great teacher. He never really let me wear my emotions outside my shirt. So, you know, with the street rules, it was just certain things you had to do. It wasn't no really emotions behind it. You couldn't have a heart. 
Um, you had to be cold um, all year round. You couldn't just wait for the winter. Mm. Um, the other part that was major is the part that a lot of people don't want to let go of me being bad news. I met a young girl, and um, I watched her grow up, and I said, um, you know, I go by the name Beloved, and she said, yeah, what that's supposed to mean to me, I'm still going to call you bad news because mm. that's your name. And I said, I want to apologize because if that's the case, my real name is Dedrick. Mm-hmm. Right. And she looked at me, she laughed, and um, I thought about being bad news again for a few seconds because I'm telling you something, mm-hmm. and I'm telling you something for your own good. One thing I don't like to be is I'm humiliated. I don't like to be pushed to a corner. So in this different world, you actually get those all the time. Get mm-hmm. pushed to a corner, you get um, humiliated. Uh, people talk to you different when they got power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you're a person that's been in contact with power so many times, sometimes you kind of like try to stay away from it. Mm-hmm. But if it's your hand and they call for you to be there, that's what you do. Because like, um, one of the things I laugh at that was um, severe to me is um, one day I'm talking to a person and they won, they were my program manager, and they told me that um, the way that we could build a bond is if the, um, I'd be married to them. And I'm looking at them like, <laughs> I don't get how that format plays out in this because I'm talking to you as a man. You're a man. I'm a man. Two men, to me, is not my thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. So at the same time, he laughed and he was like, no, you know what I meant, this and that and that. And I was just like, I would have understood you in layman's term either. Mm-hmm. You know, that's still a, a way of expressing yourself. But right now, the funny thing about being in the position I'm in and you do have people talk to you in a manner that's disrespectful, I breathe. I didn't do that before. Hmm. Tell them about the flex zone. So it was it was real crazy because like <laughs> yeah, he just made me think about something. <laughs> the flex zone. The flex zone. Oh, the flex zone. So at the same time when we dealing with the um actual flexing part, this is what's crazy. Is that you do realize that you're a person of a felonies, so you don't have the rights of everybody else. Mm-hmm. This is what they have you think in businesses or jobs or at places like that. Mm-hmm. Some guy was talking to me. He was like this, yeah, you know, you you know, you know, have no flex zone. I'm like, I don't get it. What you mean? He was like, you can't speak the way I speak. Mm-hmm. And he said, the reason is because you got felonies and they'll f- fire you quicker than they will fire me. Mm. And I'm looking at him and I'm saying to him like... <laughs> flex zone. <laughs> he right. There's yeah. no flex zone. Yep, yep. So that was, it. you know, Ash, I always used to call you mm-hmm. when it got to those points. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I feel like the best way to, to show an example is by, you know, really, you know, giving it. Yep. And um, I think when I used to call you and ask you, yo, what I'm to do? Yep. Because a lot of times um, people is playing on Sister Aisha. Mm-hmm. And um, she'll tell me, beloved, I don't need you to go back to being that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, the streets don't need him. Mm-hmm. They need beloved. And I'll be looking at her and I'm going, like, but you're a queen. Like, I don't play with a queen. Mm-hmm. You know, even in the game of spades, we don't play with the queen. <laughs> right, right. We're trying to make a book, right? Right, right. So right. here it is. You got me playing and you playing on my intelligence and you not understanding that I really haven't been doing good all my life. Mm-hmm. Good ain't normal to me. Right. Mm-hmm. So you almost are you about to have bad news, mm-hmm. but you're about to have bad news that's educated. Mm-hmm. 
which is more dangerous than me when I was ignorant. Yeah. Because I didn't know what I was punching in. Yep. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. All right, so we're going to take a quick music break, uh, and we'll be back. Uh, and we, we want to talk about the economics of uh, saving lives. We want to talk talk a little bit about, um, so I guess, the politics, because, I you know, we, we, we kind of touched on it a little bit um, about, you know, I mean, you know what? Music yes. break. <laughs> we'll be back. The Ash Cash Show with Ash Cash and Mr. Seema Jones. Now tuned into the financial motivator himself, Ash Cash, Mr. Mind Right, Money Right. So we are back to Ash Cash Show with Ash Cash and Mr. Shima Jones. Every Sunday, 1 p.m., WHCR 90.3 FM, New York, the voice of Harlem. So, you know, we have Brother Beloved, Brother Reality in the building. Um, all right, so listen, let, let, let's go in, man, because yeah. because we we are a finance show. Mm-hmm. The, the, the topic of the show is the profit in nonprofit, right? So um, we all know, I mean, we don't all know, let me not say that, right? But there is politics um, around uh, nonprofit. So when I left the banking world, um, you know, I said, you know what, I, I don't want to do this banking thing anymore. I want to go in and, and, and start and start working with the people and, you know, and, and work with nonprofits. And I realized very quickly that there wasn't there wasn't money in nonprofit, right? Or so I thought, right? I was like, there's no money in here because you know when I would uh, offer my services to certain nonprofit organizations, I was like, oh, you know what they were paying. I was like, how can I survive off of this money? Mm-hmm. So then you know I started doing other things, writing books and you know speaking and going and, and trying to do it a different route because my heart is with the community. But then I'm like, how can I? Feet. I got kids. I gotta, you know, I, I gotta keep my sanity as well if I'm gonna be helping. Uh, but then I started diving a little deeper. So I got into business consulting and I was helping people and stuff like that. And then I started realizing that there is actually a lot of profit in nonprofit. Like there's a lot of money uh, in nonprofit, but there's a lot of politics and bureaucracy in it. Can can one of you guys jump on and talk to me about your experience within the nonprofit world with with politics and bureaucracy with the funds, the money that is actually allocated for these programs that are not necessarily being, you know, uh, uh, directed in the, in the right in the right way. What's your thoughts on those? Now, here's the thing. Did you want to go first? So here's the thing. You have a budget, right? These nonprofits they receive funding from federal institutions, from donors, from sponsors, things of that nature. So they have a budget, an overall budget to run maybe from a year to six months to a year or maybe even three years with the aspect of if, you know, you create some milestones, if you reach some some some, some production, mm-hmm. then they'll continue the contracts, right? But you have these organizations where you have supervisors and managers of this funding, of this money that won't staff appropriately to the necessity of what's needed for these programs, like, for instance, the type of atmosphere I'm in, the type of business I'm in, the next steps. If you don't fully staff your and use all the money that's in the budget, like, when they don't staff to the fullest, now, I want to give a shout-out to Reverend Maurice Wendley because he does this. He creates, he shows great leadership in staffing to the fullest, staffing to the max, not saving that extra money and cutting it off and, rearranging the budget and then you don't see that money no more where we could have had two to three more people staff. Mm-hmm. So you got mm-hmm. other organizations that's doing this and they will keep that money and you'll have a situation where one of your employees may have an issue or may be suffering from or need some help. Mm-hmm. Life conditions done hit. Mm-hmm. They've been dealt a hand that they can't have no they have no control over. But you do have the resources, this company that this person is working for to help the individual. So this individual that's working for this company, the company got plenty of funds. They help with housing. They help with 
all types of things. But this individual that's working for this company is facing eviction mm-hmm. and need mm-hmm. housing assistance, need help. They don't help this employee, and they just got a brand-new million-dollar-something contract yeah. and mm-hmm. budget coming in. So they got fresh money coming in. The new fiscal year didn't even kick in yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, And they got events and things that they didn't pay for to get done that should have been done. Block parties, they're not touching the youth. And, you know, they're moving up. And you hear them talking about, yeah, I just moved into a new condo, new yeah. house. Mm-hmm. This is supervising the managers of this company where you got your employee, the face of your employee, the face of your company. Right. Mm-hmm. Facing eviction. Who the work couldn't be effectively done without the person. Yes. Without, yep. without this person. This yep. person is a major head figure in this whole organization. Reason why this organization is getting the funding. Yep. But they can't help him with his eviction. Right. Where's all of this money? And y'all moving up into condos and it's million dollars in the budget. Right. And we can't do block parties. We can't do basketball events for the youth. And this whole program is set up on impacting the community. So well, see, a going? lot of people, they actually start charitable programs to, you know, get tax write-offs right. and stuff like that. So I think a lot of the profit comes in when you actually start that organization and you work it from the bottom up. And um, unfortunately, people do use funds for things that are inappropriate. But I believe, you know, just um, being in connection with nonprofits, that it really comes in. And I think this is something that someone should know, especially when starting to work with a nonprofit. Like, it is a nonprofit organization for those who are employees of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's really important for, um, for everybody to be aware of the mission mm-hmm. of that nonprofit. And I believe the funds will go to where they, they're supposed to go. But a lot of people start these charitable programs as a business. Right. You know, and people, you a lot of multimillionaires, you see people giving you know, money away to this organization and that organization, it's because it's helping them in the long run on a financial, um, in a financial perspective. No, no, absolutely. 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 And then, and, you know, and, and for me here, you know, at the Ask Cash Show, uh, we always talk about multiple streams of income. And that's why, you know, people who, who do this work, it's important um, that, that you, you allow yourself to brand. Right. So, for instance, you know, Brother Beloved, we, you know, you have a we, we have a, a book coming out, The Protector, uh, that should nice. be coming out pretty soon, which is part of, um, you know, uh, I, I think. Part of that 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 cycle of uh, creating that multiple streams stream mm-hmm. of income because mm-hmm. uh, when when you think about uh, the message that people are able to get million dollar contracts, so mm-hmm. I, you know mm-hmm. I like I like I know uh, specifically uh, uh, you know you've been a part of org- organizations that were able to put you on their uh, uh, business plan to get the contract though mm-hmm. like with without. Meaning that without your name on that paper, they would have not gotten a contract exactly. that was worth millions of dollars. Exactly. But the compensation that was that's, that was reciprocated was not, you know, and, and, and it's not, you know, wasn't wasn't even close to that. And it's not like we're not saying that you should become a millionaire, you know, from from helping people in the neighborhood. But you should be at least compensated for what you're doing. Right. So, you know, the work that you're doing right on call, people, you know, people get shot. You, you know, you're, you're at the like you're doing all this work. Um, so so it's important to 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 kind of kind of run that balance, you know, between, um you know, doing the work, but then also making sure uh, that that you're taken care of from a profit mm-hmm. perspective, so that you can continue to do that work. And um, you know, that's that's one of the biggest things right there to be talking about. It's real sensitive, cause mm-hmm. like um, people like Sister Aisha, she's a prime example of 
wondering how she's going to go about to receive funding to be able to take care of the community because she knew the people that actually can do it. She could pick them off her hand through her sleep. She wake up and eat and sleep and breathe this. Mm-hmm. I called her on her birthday one time. She came out and watched the sheet that went from white to red because a young girl got shot in the back of her head on mm-hmm. her birthday. Wow. So when we're talking about these nonprofits, I always get really sensitive about it because the simple fact is our kids need it. Mm-hmm. Our people need it. It's not a want. When these things come into our community, like like cure violence, like right now we like 15 or 14 people shot and the summer ain't even really in yet. Wow. wow. You know what I'm saying? So here it is. You sit down and you think about it. Who really get hurt when these nonprofits don't do right? Mm-hmm. We do. We mm-hmm. get left with the part of our kids have to go to jail and make money for another community. Right, right. Our kids got to go to jail and become psychologically messed up. Our people got to suffer more. Um, 100 people got to get evicted out of um, projects so that 300 people could be messed up. Because mm-hmm. you got a mother who got to get kicked out and evicted because her child or her family member is a part of the part of the crime part. Mm-hmm. So when you're dealing with these nonprofits, I always just ask people, who helped the help? Yo, mm-hmm. man. Because yeah. the one part that hits you hard is that you get people that never had power get into power and they start forgetting about the people that really, that makes the resource, yep. that makes mm-hmm. the substance, that makes the nonprofit. Here it is. You got one called Next Step. He do everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do home visits. We do outreach. We go to their community. We go to their school. Mm-hmm. We give them support. We help them when they come out of jail. We help them when they actually about to go in jail and they go on a court. Mm-hmm. We at their um, birthday parties. We at their baby shower. Mm-hmm. We're, mm-hmm. we're serving them food. Mm-hmm. How can you want a person to do right if they didn't eat all day? Right. Mm-hmm. So right. here it is when you get the reality and you understand, you know, I always say God first and then us because... I put God first because it's nothing about help that doesn't have nothing to do with God. Mm-hmm. Mm. So now here it is. You got people, they doing all these negative things. They miss um, using the money. They not being responsible for the things that they're doing. And instead of them taking heed to what they did wrong, they'll try to hurt the staff. Mm. Mm. They have the staff go against each other. They have the staff uh, feel like they can't make it because the simple fact is you tarnished their name mm-hmm. or you said bad things. But the thing about the nonprofit part that is good is that if you do the work, I don't care who you're doing the work for. Mm-hmm. If you just do the work and stick to the work, mm-hmm. don't be halfway in and halfway out. Don't be serving two guards. Mm-hmm. If you do the work and be consistent, yo, I promise you, all that you do will pay off because that's what's paying off right now. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's yes. not yes. the people that was over me. It wasn't the people that was working with me. It was the work. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. see, when you got people like me doing that work and we keep staying consistent and we constantly doing it, you keeping us out of jail. Yep. You keeping us to save family. Yep. You keeping us alive. Yep. A lot of people don't know how to keep people like us alive. Mm-hmm. That's why I always sit and I always give thanks to this queen right here because mm-hmm. the simple fact is when you actually see who she's talking to and she's holding our attention, mm-hmm. we consider gangsters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not too many people can hold our attention. Yep. Mm-hmm. And book smart people, I don't got nothing against you, mm-hmm. but yep. your books is not going to help you with people like us. Yep. We need you to know we've been through something. If you've been through something, you can relate with me. Right. Mm-hmm. You right. know what it's like losing a homie. You know what yep. it's like losing money. Yep. You know what it's like to be at the bottom and still looking up at the sky wondering one day when you're going to stand up and just be in the atmosphere. Yep. Mm-hmm. See, the gutter could be somebody home, but it could also be somebody hell. Mm-hmm. 
See, home is what you make of it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when you're dealing with these nonprofits, you kind of make yourself a home. Mm-hmm. I'm going to the hospital. I'm talking to people that I had beef with. I'm talking to kids at school and they fathers or somebody we were shooting at each other. I'm going to people's churches, talking to the pastor, and he praying over me and the guy that we mm. was beefing 10 years ago. Or he going to the streets and we doing a lie-in or a lie-down with Sister Aisha. And I'm laying next to a dude that yesterday he was trying to kill my little brother. Mm. You know what I'm saying? This is what the nonprofit things do. Mm-hmm. Like you get studio time. Come on. Mm-hmm. This is what the nonprofit thing. That's the benefit. Yep. Mm-hmm. But the moment you lose the mission, mm-hmm. yeah. talk about it. Yeah. The profit, the non, don't even exist mm-hmm. no more. Right. The only thing that exists now is ignorance mm-hmm. and savagery. Mm-hmm. So it's mission over money. Mm-hmm. Powerful man, yeah. powerful. Yeah. I felt money. that. I was like, wait, hold on. Like, I know. Where's the collection? And plate? I think that that you know, yes, we are a financial show, but there's so many other benefits and profits that you can get out of doing whatever work, whether it's corporate, whether it's you know, um, nonprofit. And I think at the end of the day, that is the profit. It's changing lives, and 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 when you change somebody else's life, your life inevitably changes. So um, so that to me, you know, is it, worth it. Absolutely. It's definitely worth it. And if everyone had that same perspective, if everyone had that same drive and that same vision, so much more. You you guys do a lot, but so much more yeah. can can really be be done. So yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. All right, we're gonna take a quick music break, and we'll be back. It's the Ash Cash Show with Ash Cash and Mr. Shima Jones. You are now tuned in to the Ash Cash Show, your number one source for financial motivation. Get your mind and your money. Right. So we are back to Ash Cash Show. Um, so so this is that time, man. Yes. You know, we, we ran out of time. We have a lot of a lot of powerful information, but yes. uh, where can the people find you? At 361 West 125th Street on the sixth floor of the Harlem Common Council building. And right, then any website, any social media information. You can reach us at DormanHammond.gmail and no Dorman at Gmail. Also, Dormerhammond at yahoo.com. Cool. And then, what's your, uh, so you guys have a beloved consulting as, as a, as a, um, Instagram? Yeah, you could definitely find us on, um, the Instagram on beloved consulting. Um, just one more thing, man. Just, just know that you don't have to do this mission by yourself. Mm-hmm. Keep you a strong team, keep you a strong family, and stay conscious. And understand when you're doing the consultant work, man, it's just something where you don't have to be bossed over. You could be mm-hmm. your own boss. I like that. Perfect, perfect, <laughs> And perfect. to all our listeners, I just want to say, you know, use us. Allow us to do go out there into the communities. And if you want to sponsor, if you want to donate, please do so. We'll create avenues to where you can do so. And we just ask that y'all use us, not abuse us, but just use us. Perfect, perfect. All right, TJM, tell the people where they can find you. Um, TJM, it's so funny when you say that. Oh, sorry. That's my name, though. Um, TashimaJones.com. All of my social media and contact information can be found there. And I am Ash Cash. Make sure you visit me, IamAshCash.com. Become my friend on Facebook, Facebook.com slash IamAshCash. Follow me on Twitter, Twitter.com slash IamAshCash. And I'm on Instagram, too. Instagram, Instagram.com slash IamAshCash. Till next week. Same time, same place. You're now tuned in to the financial motivator himself, Ash Cash. Mr. Mind Right, Money Right. Money Right. Money Right.